Well, credit where credit is due. Fantastic training effort by Matthew Dunn. You know how many race horses he took to Gold Coast Magic Midian today? Two. You know how many races he won? Two. Both million-dollar events, and we know Boom Talk. His record's very good, isn't it? Nine starts for five wins and two placings by Spirit of Boom. Understand he went through two yearling sales, one at Midlands and maybe one at Inglis as well. But let's get the story and find out what the plan is now with Boom Talk. And he ran a new track record there as well uh, to boot. Joining us is Matthew Dunn. How are you, Matthew? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Mm, good. Gee, that was uh, impressive. And the time was there as well for Michael D. Boom Talk. Yeah, he did a good job, didn't he? You know, he um, he got he didn't get in. He, you know, he had some cover, of course, but you know, he threw him for wide. The trip for the widest runner on straightening him. You know, it's a hell of a task to, to sort of do that work and then have to look up on straightening and rip another five or six lengths off the leader. But um, but he, he's certainly a, a horse of the future, isn't he? And he sort of stamped himself there on Saturday. You're not wrong. I think the previous record. It's probably you know we got a new track, so one thirteen. 8-2, but on the old track, I think the record was one fourteen thirty eight Halladeck 2008. So that's a while ago. Yeah, absolutely. No, mm. he's done really well. He has. Is that the case? Did he go through two sales? I don't actually know his previous history before I got him because I got him off Casey after he really had sort of a couple of starts. So um, I, I don't, I don't honestly couldn't answer that question because I'm not sure what what went on with him previous to, to me getting him, but. Um, Somebody else brought that up as well, but uh, I'll have to look further into that. That's no worries. But you've started this horse, um, what, six times for five wins in the third. And I remember talking to you that day leading into Doom, and you thought he needed the run there, but he ran very well, didn't he, coming from back? Yeah, he probably should have won. You know, I think there was, there was a bit of interference in that race, and we actually protested against the winner, but that, that was dismissed. But, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's he's done an incredible job. And, um, you know, I think he's, he's just one of those horses that, just sort of gone about his business and maybe flown under the radar a little bit um, to, just because he's, he's maybe, I don't know, he's not a shin little horse, isn't he? He just sort of gets, gets it done. And, um, you know, when he when he sort of won his first start for me, I thought, yeah, he's going to be a decent, probably Saturday grade horse. But he just kept improving every time we sort of asked him to work with not, not only racing in better company, but work with better mates. And, you know, we sort of kept stepping it up with him. And I think his competitiveness is a secret. Uh, he's, a, he's a proper little trier. And, um, and who knows where he ends up. Did he have any little physical issues that you had to sort out when he arrived, Boom Talk? No, he was 100% when he came to me from Casey. He was, he was in good shape and sort of fit and ready to roll. And, um, you know, he's had no issues or anything like that. I think they just looked after him a little bit early days. He was, he's, not, he's not a very big horse. Um, and um, and he just needed that little bit of time that, that Casey gave. And I was sort of lucky enough to, to have him come into my stable when she retired at the right time. When was he gelded, Matt? Um, he was gelded previously when I got him as well, so um, I couldn't answer that one either, unfortunately. All right. What are the options with him? Look, he's a, he's a, they've sort of bounced him to a 92, so it becomes a little bit more complicated in his placement now, but we sort of set out some, because he's obviously only second up, so he can he can race a little bit more um, this preparation, and there's some nice benchmark races for him in Brisbane, sort of going through and with Drew yesterday, and Matt got a bit of a program for him, um, you know, but I suppose long term, is he possibly a winter carnival horse? Probably on what he did Saturday, you know, and a, a race that, that clearly comes to mind is the Stradbroke, whether he's sort of ready to step up to that level. Um, in, the, in his next prep, yeah, the answer is probably yes on what he's doing, so that, that would be long term races like Stradbroke, you know, you know if that, if that was a bit beyond him just yet. We've got other options, you know, the, the sort of the Glasshouse, 
um, eyeliner, those, those sorts of races. But there's, there's a lot of options for him. Just, I think his distance is probably going to be about 1,400. I think that's about where he'll land. Um, but we'll probably just have to take that as it comes a little bit as well. Because that was his first go at 1,300, wasn't it, last weekend? Yeah, and he did a good job to be so strong at the 1,300 because it was a bit of a rush to get him there. Um, I missed a couple of trials because of wet weather and I was you know, trying to work out a, a way to get him through to the 1,300 second up because he'd never run it before. And the only option we really had was to run him that 1,100 first up and then, and then have him get fitness from that to go into the 13 and it worked really well. Um, so I think that's proof that he's going to you get 14, and maybe you'll get a bit further. I'm not really sure yet. Relaxes very well, um, and he probably could get himself a bit further if he really needed to, but I'm not sure that he does at this stage. Yeah, Chris Barsby in our harness segment later is going to talk to the owner of this horse. Of course, he's involved in harness racing. Yeah, Ian's sort of... Ian Corazel. Yeah, Ian, it's the first horse that Ian sent me, actually, um, and he's, he's really supported the stable heavily since, um, and he, he's, he's, you know, sort of actually ended up really one of my biggest clients, to be honest, and, and, and he's a really good guy, and he got he got a massive thrill out of that on Saturday, you know, he he, um, he, he was in tears, and sort of that, that, you know, when we can achieve these things for these wonderful people, um, as he is, he's a really great fellow, um, you know, it's, it's heartwarming, isn't it, you know, it's not always all about, you know, we're running for a million, you know, there's, there's a bit more to it. Um, and he's he's had massive involvement in, in thoroughbreds and, as you said, harness racing. And for him to get such a kick out of that and, and sort of declare it as his best day at the races, that was, uh, that was um, you know, icing on the cake. So what benchmark race have you earmarked for his next run then? Uh, we want to give him a bit of a space. I think this race for him in three weeks. There's about four races on for him that we can go to. And more so just let him get over Saturday. Because as I said, my concern is that it, it was a bit of a rush to get him there and that run. He did feel a little bit, as I expected him to. So I want to just make sure he's completely over that, over that before we sort of head off to the races. So, you know, I think there's a benchmark 90 for him. We get a bit of weight and then maybe a couple of open handicaps perhaps for him. So more so just um, fill in races, just get a little bit bit more racing into him. It's pretty likely race still. Get him a bit more season before he's ready to sort of step up to some of these better races. I mean, there's the option to go to Sydney for the autumn as well. So... Um, you know, the, the sky's the limit for him and I don't want to sort of lock in anything too um, too prematurely with him um, until he sort of lets us know that he's over his run and we'll work out a plan. All right, well, that's Boom Talk. He's the horse that carries the brow band. He's a terrific money spinner, 12 starts, five wins, Derry Grove. Now, Nash Willow early in the race, I think he almost got put through the running rail. Yeah, and it was... it was. It, I think the, the best part of that Derry Grove run was he, he'd generally react, react badly to interference like that. He's... He's got a tendency to want to rush things and, and to get his head up and become a little bit difficult to ride. But he, he coped with that pressure really well. It was probably partly because there was, there was so much speed up front, which um, which, which helped him a bit with his um, his racing manners. Um, but, but Nash knows him well, and he, and he rides him very well. And, um, you know, he, he adapted well. And I thought he got beat, actually, to be honest. I didn't think he quite nailed that leader on the line. But, um, you know, again, he, he's a very competitive horse and, and um, maybe too much at times middle stages yeah um, but he's, uh, he's he's done a really good job for those guys because he was in no man's land a couple of preparations ago yeah so how did you get him out of no man's land um a lot of patience and, and a lot of help but um you know Brody Loy rides him pretty much every day and, and he obviously couldn't ride him Saturday but but he um he did a lot of work on him and and, and as did the rest of my team just just to get his head in the right space he's always had the talent you know that's evident by his first win in a race at Warwick Farm, but, um, you know, and he's had a few little issues. He had a knee surgery early in his career. 
things like that sometimes tend to stack up and, and just come against it. Then, you know, like maybe his knee was hurting a bit for a while there, and um, that's sometimes the reason why horses want to race through, race through the bridle a bit and get it get it rushed and get it done too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take the pain away and, and get his head in the right spot, which is what we sort of focused mm-hmm. on right through his last prep. And, and once we achieve that, then uh, then he's now doing the rest. Of course, that was the syndicate race, so I did feel for the connections of a hell of a party. They're all hinging, you know, waiting for that photo. But this is Viva Racing. Tell me about them. Yeah, Mitch Lowe, he set up his business a few years ago now. He was, um, he was the first... Uh, I was the first person to train for him. Bought a few bit of shares and some shit. And Derry Grove, he's, he's an example. He was thirty thousand as a yearling, and, and he was one of his early buyers. And um, you know, he, he set up a good business. Now he's got all with other people, and you know, he's, he's doing a really good job. He's a he's a great fella and a very good friend. And um, again, to to win these good races for, for such great people is wonderful. But he's uh, based down in the Northern Rivers, and you know, he's just sort of chugging along, you know, picking up horses. Value horses as you know fits our model very well because I'm not one to sort of step into these horses that cost huge amounts of money at yearling sales. I'd prefer to sort of pick around the edges and try to get value for money and, and try and try and buy horses that people can actually not only have some fun with at the races but actually return a profit. Um, and, and it works really well for me. And, and, and he's basically got the same business model. You know, he's not trying to go there and buy the million dollar colts or anything like that, and, and he's uh, he's doing a really good job. He does quite a bit of work with himself. And Neil Jenkinson, my bloodstock agent, to, to just pick out the right horses for his clients, and um, and it's working great for everybody at this point. And he's 30,000, morphed into 790 with more to come, Derry Groves. So will he race again over the coming weeks? Yeah, he'll probably go to Sydney for his next start. I think there's a benchmark race on from down there in three weeks, um, and, and that, that'll be his next run, and, and then we'll sort of look at, you know, I, I think he's. I think right through last prep, not much went right for him in the Kosciuszko, obviously. But I think his two wins in the, in the highway races sort of indicated that he's a horse that can get us some, some better races as well. But um, I think the beauty is that they're both so early in their in their preps. You know, they, they've um, they've managed to achieve these really good results with, with plenty left to give still. Um, again, with him, we'll do the same. Make sure he's got plenty of time to get over the run before we make final decisions with him and, and work out a plan. And Emperor, just frustrating with him and getting back at his races and finding the line really well. He was beaten last start as an odds-on chance. What's happening with Emperor? He ran on Saturday. Um, probably, I've got him in a, in a couple of races Saturday. And I'll probably run him in the lower benchmark race. Um, gets him okay at the weights. Just sort of get his head back in the right spot and get his confidence back up is the main thing. You know, like two starts going to Sydney. Everything went upside down and inside out. And then the other day, we, we sort of copped a bit of interference early in the race and got him out the back and trying to circle and have a much fun in short races around there. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can draw a better gate and we can just sort of get back in the groove. But he, he was dominant for the start and he's a proper horse. You know, he's, he's got probably stakes great ability and he's always shown that. But just his next run is more so a case of giving him a bit of confidence and, and getting back in the groove. And, and then we'll build on his preparation from there and just yeah. sort of patch things up for him. Yeah, his two previous runs in Brisbane when he back-to-back wins, he's made into the other one there. He led in both of those, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And, and you know, the, I mean, the, the, again with him, um, well, this is his first preparation for gelding, but he was a bit one-dimensional when he was sort of winning those races. And we took him to Sydney and he overdid things when things didn't work out and wanted to pull and reef and tear. So this perhaps also getting him to relax, which he's doing very well. Um, you know, he, it certainly wasn't by design for him to be back as far as he was last start. Uh, that was because of a bit of bumping early in the race. But, uh, you know, if he can draw a gate and we can box feed him, that's his place, and and um, and then he'll do the rest. But um, as I said, hopefully we can just sort of get him back on track at this stage because 
even though his form sort of reads he was beaten favourite his last two, his runs were probably good enough to just about win if if things had worked out better for him through the races. So, you know, I don't think we need to worry too much about where his form's at. He'll bounce back and um, I'm not sure how many more runs I'll give you in this prep. So taking him pretty gently right through his career so far. So um, whether we sort of try to see we go Saturday and work out, do we take him? Maybe to Sydney for his next run, or, or do we sort of give him a bit of a, a, a let up and look at the winter for him as well? But just need to get him back winning. Just heard about Doom, and it'll be in the soft range by the time we get to this first race uh, this afternoon. You've got one of the major fancies, a very talented, lightly raced four year old in race two, two Belvedere Boys. Uh, is he going to get back again today and rip home? What are you thinking here? Belvedere Boys fresh up. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll get back. And I think the fact that the track's a bit softer probably helps us more than anything. It should be racing down the middle of the machine. Um, you know, his, his trial was pretty good, this preparation. He's, he's going to be looking to get over a bit further as he moves through, but looks the right race for him first up, doesn't it? There looks to be reasonably good tempo in it. So, um, you know, we'll ride him nice and soft and I'm sure Jimmy will find his right spot in the race and, and he'll finish really strong. Of course, he won his maiden here back in August, uh, coming from last at Doom, and his subsequent run at Ipswich was terrific behind Kipling's journey second. That horse uh, went on with the job. He won a Class 5 a couple of starts later, and he, the only horse that day to break 35, last 600. Yeah, he's a decent horse for sure. He's um, He's got a good future ahead of him. Always been a bit of an immature, sort of gangly horse. It's taken a little bit of time to, to find his right physique, perhaps, but um, but he's uh, he's got a good future ahead of him. We'll get this first up run out of the way and we'll probably sneak up in distance next start. You know, he's he Saturday grade and, and hopefully we can achieve even better results. Yeah, that. small field, James Orr and big pluses, aren't they? Absolutely. Well done. As I said, that's a, that's a huge achievement. Two horses to the races. Uh, you know, when you've got all the trainers from everywhere, the biggest names in the country going, you won $2 million events, Matt. Well done. Thank you very much. Appreciate Good on it. you, Matthew Dunn, telling us about Boom Talk uh, winning the big cutest race at Rothfire, of course. And Rothfire did this horse a few favours. He got onto the back of him. Um, coming to the home turn, Boom Talk. And, of course, Derry Grove as well. Just a terrific money spinner. He won the syndicate race there on the weekend. And we'll look out for Emperor on Saturday. And we'll look out for this horse this afternoon called uh, uh, Belvedere Boys. Let me just tell you a little bit more about him. Uh, he's by a chestnut. Maurice is the sire. Leveller is the mum. Leveller is the mother of a horse that was placed in the Golden Slipper a couple of seasons ago called Frolic. Uh, Frolic was trained by the Freedmans at the time. I think Michael uh, ran second to... What year was that? When Frolic ran second uh, in the Golden Slipper, that particular filly. It was the Sheba Range year in a heavy 10 uh, back in March 2017. But, yeah, this horse is really good. And as I mentioned, last start at Ipswich, he lost sight of the lure there. Kipling's journey was high rolling along in front. His last run back in August and Kipling's journey next start after that ran second to a vocateur, very promised, talented type, and then won a class five, two starts later. Kipling's journey. And when you look at those sectionals on the website, yeah, 3478, uh, only horse to break 35 that particular day, Belvedere boys. And the winner, Kipling's journey, who led his last 600 was 35.60. So at the moment, he's $2.40 today uh, in Brisbane.